with lifted hands, giving him all that we are. Amen. Just thank the Lord that we have such a, a privilege that we can come before a holy God. Oftentimes, uh, I have to stop and remind myself when I'm opening God's Word and going to Him in prayer that it's not just God out there that I go to, but He is the Holy One, and He is the Creator, and that within me there's nothing that allows me to approach such a holy God other than the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's on my life through His bloodshed. This morning, I want us to, to look and to, to talk about and to ask ourselves the question of protection or power. And I'm going to encourage you, if you have your Bibles this morning, or if you don't, pull one out of the pew. Our scriptures are not going to be on the screen today. I was uh, blessed enough to get the music up, but with the weather and the rain and the internet not cooperating, we're going to get to actually turn pages today. Uh, so I ask that you have a Bible either out of the pew or the one you brought with you, and then you have your little outline there in the bulletin that we're going to go along with. But I want us to go ahead and open our Bibles to Acts chapter 4, and go ahead and put your finger there on verse 23. And as I mentioned, I want us to look at the idea of protection or power. So often in my prayer life, I go to the Lord and I ask Him to remove me from whatever maybe situation that I'm in. Have you ever been in a negative situation or a situation that was uncomfortable for you and the first thing you said, oh God, get me out of this. Yes, that's what we want to pray. I don't like this. You're inconveniencing me. Remove me. Take me out. Lord, look at the COVID and all that's going on in the country today. Could you just remove it and make everything better? But when we look in Scripture, that's not always what we see happening. And I want us to look at that and understanding, remember that Peter and John had been arrested, they were in opposition, and they were in controversy with the religious leaders of their day. Uh, maybe we would even say some of the government, I know they had the king, but within the temple and within the Jewish sect, the religious leaders were some pretty high people. And they were in opposition and they were in controversy, they had just been in court, and they've just been chastised, but it was because they were proclaiming God's Son, Jesus Christ, as the resurrection. They were proclaiming God's gospel and that Jesus Christ was the only way to heaven. If they were not proclaiming that, there would have been no problem. They could have went out and they could have done whatever they wanted, I believe, in this situation, but because the message was about Jesus Christ and him alone, he had problems with the religious leaders. But we've got to understand that this situation they were in was opening the door for them 
Remember, as we've talked at the beginning of Acts, that we're given the Great Commission, that we're to go out and we're to proclaim the message. And it said, starting in Jerusalem and then beyond. And that's what we're looking at in these first couple of chapters, is they are proclaiming God's message in Jerusalem. God is fulfilling His plan. I want us to look there, Acts chapter 4 and verse 23, if you would please stand as we read God's Word. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders to take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would help us to hear from you, that, Father, I would be able to step aside this morning in my flesh and become an empty vessel, Lord, for you to fill to the point of overflowing and that I may speak through the guidance of your Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that the ears of those listening today would be opened to hear with clarity what you're saying to them. Father, now let this place become a holy place for you. As we are in your word, Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, the most powerful, and the most holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Protection or power, a, a quote with us being today looking at uh, Independence Day and one of our former presidents, Abraham Lincoln, he made this statement one time. Find out which way God is going and go that way yourself. What a statement from the President of the United States of America. Regardless of what they want to tell you today, our nation was founded on godly principles. Our leaders were godly leaders. And they had no problem making statements like that. 
our schools began with tech, textbooks of the Word of God to light the way. Our major universities today were founded off of God's Word. Our laws that are set up and established today were based on God's law. Somewhere along the way, America and the rest of the world has drifted from that. The phrase I've always heard, history repeats itself. You know, if you have clothes right now and they go out of style, put them in the closet. A few years later, you can pull them back out. Bell bottoms, many of y'all remember those, popular in the day. Oh, but gosh, when it went out, you wanted nothing to do with it. And there just a few years ago, bell bottoms were back in style. I don't see many of them now. But history repeats itself. And I believe we're in the stance right now of repeating it because if you have been reading along with us in our daily reading as we've been reading through the Bible, all we've been reading about it seems like for the last month or so is God's people follow God, there's blessings, things are great, but all of a sudden someone drifts and the king begins to serve other gods and what happens but god removes his protection from them and he allows situations in their life to come into play i believe that's right where we are america began on godly principles and america thrived and become one of the greatest nations that there's ever been but in the last few years america has been drifting away from god If you only knew some of the things that I know is going on in our nation. Horrific, behind the scenes, that I can't even tell you from here. And because of that, America is falling, and it's falling quickly. We see that God allowed his protection to be removed so that he could get their attention. That's where America is now. Do you know that it's protection or power? If we were to just be totally removed and God allowed us to live a happy, joyous, blessed life as we have, then we would continue to stay right where we are. Unfortunately, as humans, we have to be woke up to get our attention. And America has been blessed for so long that they have forsaken their need for God and his protection. As Abraham Lincoln said, we need to find out where God is going, and that's where we need to go. Why is what's happening happening today? Let me say this. I'm not going to stand here and say that God has sent everything that we're experiencing today. But I can, on God's authority, tell you that he is allowing it to happen why is he allowing it to happen that's what we need to find out that's where we need to go and as we look at protection and power from these verses i want us to look at first of all great power i'm not just talking about mediocre power church i'm talking about great power that's what Peter and John were looking at as we begin to see there at verse 23. It said that when they had been released, 
they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they had heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord. Great power comes from nowhere else but God. Great power comes through great prayer. That's why y'all have heard me talk so much about prayer, prayer, prayer since I've been here. There is nothing more powerful, nothing more strong than prayer. The scripture tells us that the battles that we're fighting are not against flesh. It's not against people. It's not against denominations. It's not against parties. They are the instruments being used, but the battle is against Satan himself. And the only place that we can fight that battle is in the heavenlies. Well, what does that mean? None of us are going to go up and be able to stand in the heavenlies right now and pull out our swords and fight. It's talking about it's on our knees in prayer. When we go to God, we're in the heavenlies. When we're praying to God and we're praying in His will, we are fighting that power that power, and the battle. This great power. Look at, I want you to see there at verse 24 so we understand this great power, what the subject of their prayer was. Who were they praying to? That's the first thing to understand. If you're going to communicate with someone, you need to know who you're communicating with. And if you see there in your scripture, it says, Oh, Lord. If you have the NIV, you'll see it says, Oh, Sovereign Lord. When we take it to the original language, being written in Greek, it is the word despotos. And it's talking about the absolute ruler, this particular word for Lord here. Absolute, the sovereign, the all-powerful. We don't understand sovereign, I don't believe, today as much as they did back then because the all-sovereign king of their day on earth, he had ultimate. What he said was final. Didn't matter what anyone else thought. You know, we don't experience that today. Even the Queen of England is not sovereign because there is a ruler leaders that have to approve things even over there. But in their day, this word, they understood this all-powerful that you were subjects under. When the king spoke, that's what you did. So Peter and John and the rest of those, they're praying, Oh, Lord, they're praying despotas. You are all-powerful. We are under you. We're coming to you as the, the Holy One, the absolute ruler of us and all mankind. What an understanding. God, we're your subjects, and we're here before you. And then they continue on. It is to you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. They're calling out to the creator of the universe. He made everything, and he controls everything. What a person to go to for power. You're going to the one that is all-powerful, all-ruler of everything, and the one that has created everything. Amen? If he is on your side, 
and you don't have anything to fear. And that's who they're calling out to in their time of controversy, in their situation, in what's going on. They begin to call out to him. But not only are they looking there at the subject, but let's look at the scripture and prayer. How many of you know that putting scripture in prayer makes your prayer powerful? If you didn't, I just told you. And we're going to look at that. If you want power behind your prayer, there needs to be scripture. And that's what they're doing right here. Now, what we understand, and I've told you this before, the New Testament, these people were living while the New Testament was happening. So the New Testament was not their scripture at the time. It was Old Testament. That's the Bible that they had. And we begin to see not only there as you made heaven and the earth and the seas and all that's in it, that's coming out of Exodus 20 and 11. Let me read that to you just real quick. Exodus 20 In verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Also in 2 Kings 19, verse 15, Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim. You are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. And then a little further down there at verse 25 and 26, we see them praying, Who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Coming out of Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Why are the nations in an uproar, and the people devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. They were using scripture in their prayer and even Scripture tells us to do this. We hear of praying in His will or praying in the name of Jesus. When we use Scripture, we see that over in John 15, He recorded this, Jesus speaking, If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There's power. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But what how do we get his words to invite in us? What are his words? Scripture. So here they are in the middle of controversy wanting power, and they go there, and 1 John records it even better in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we ask from him. There is power in prayer. There is great power in prayer with Scripture. And when they're praying to the all-sovereign Lord, the creator of everything and the ruler of all, and they're going to him in his word, there is nothing to fear. And do you know what we get 
when we have the lack of fear. Freedom. We have freedom from fear. And when we have freedom from fear, that produces great power. There are things in our life that we would love to do, but we're held back because of fear. If we had no fear, imagine what you could do with your life. But we are there. We can have that. When we understand who loves us and who's bought us and who has brought us to where we are, But we also see not only great power in this prayer, but there is great grace. These men were displaying the grace of God. And I believe in today's time, this is where we are as believers, where we need to, as Abraham Lincoln said, find out where God's going and join him. God is a God of grace. And with what we see going on today, we need to understand that there is grace for us and that we need to show grace. They begin right there at verse 27. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and your proposed predestined to occur. What we have to understand and what they understood is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was in God's predestined plan. God had foreordained that he was going to send his son to die on the cross for all people. Now, here's where we come in. Is it protection or is it power? What did Jesus say just before going to the cross? Out there in agony in his human flesh. Father, remove this cup from me. Jesus knew that he was fixing to be uncomfortable. He was already uncomfortable. He knew what was coming. Ridicule. None of us as humans like that. Jesus was human. The own people that he came to love was fixing to turn their back on him. He was fixing to be beaten and have the flesh ripped off of his body, nailed onto a cross. God removed this cup. But what did he add after that? If there's any way, if it's your will, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus wanted protection, but he wanted power more. He called on the Father to fill him. And that predestined plan of God was that Jesus had to die for the forgiveness of sin. And we see right here in Scripture that they're taking even Scripture from Isaiah and putting it in here and putting in Herod and Pontius Pilate's name. But they said, we know, God, that you have a plan that you must carry out. If Jesus would have wanted to be removed, and God was willing to remove him, none of us would be sitting here today. 
We would not have freedom from sin. We would not be able to be released from that bondage because Christ wouldn't have died and God knew that was the only way. They prayed for power in their grace, not for protection. Look at verse 29. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. In this prayer, they're not seeking for their own comfort. They're not seeking it out, saying, Oh, God, just remove all this and let's just get along and make everything great. No, they said, Give us confidence that we can speak boldly. They wanted the power. They prayed to be able to bring glory to God. They're seeing here where God is at work, and they're not saying, remove us from this, but God, you're working here. Give us the boldness. They knew that because of their persecution, they had been able to spread the gospel. They were before the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, the rulers, that not just anyone could walk in and say, hey, why don't you gather all the religious leaders together? I got something I want to tell you, and I want to share with you about the Lord. No, they were thrown through persecution in the middle of this trial, and it opened doors wide open for God to receive glory as they continue to say, it's in your son's name, it's in the power of Jesus. They saw the situation that they were in, and they wanted to bring glory to God. That's some great grace, and that's some great power. But they not only that, they prayed for their enemies. You want to talk about grace? Look there at verse 30. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders to take place, the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They didn't get on their knees in this powerful prayer meeting, and they did not call on God to rain down fire out of heaven and eliminate their enemies. They didn't want to remove those who proposed a threat to them. I believe they're following after an example of Jesus Christ that we see in Scripture Turn over to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. said, when the days were approaching, excuse me, this was after that. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Isn't that what you want to do? That's what I want to do sometimes. God, just zap them and get rid of them. I'm tired of this. But listen to Jesus' heart. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on 
to the village. There was grace from these men. In the flesh, they wanted, I'm sure, Lord, just can you remove them and put another set of religious leaders in here that's following you? But they knew that if God was to come and to remove them, there would be no chance of healing and forgiveness for these people. Not only did they see that grace, but look at it there as they said, extend your hand to heal in signs of wonders. They were praying that they could perform miracles and healing for these people so that they could see who God was and glory could be brought to God. They wanted their enemies to see and to know Christ. That's where we were. Christ came and died for us while we were his enemy. He showed us grace. Their goal in life was to bring glory to Christ regardless of their conveniences. But we also see thirdly, great boldness. Look at verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. I believe that we see here God was approving of this prayer. In Exodus 19, when God was present at Mount Sinai getting ready to give the Ten Commandments, it talks about how the ground violently shook with the Lord's presence. Lord, when His people, He was giving them the Ten Commandments. Here they're praying. They're not praying for their selves, but they're praying for their enemy. They're not praying, Oh God, make me comfortable, but give me power in my situation that I may proclaim Your message and bring glory to You. And with that, in praying Scripture, we see that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not another Pentecost. This is not another baptism of the Holy Spirit that only happens once. Calvary and Jesus' death only needed to occur once, but we see through Scripture, filling of God's power. He filled them for the purpose of bringing glory to His name through their situation, and they were able to speak with boldness. Great boldness comes through great grace which comes through great prayer. Where are we at today in America? Are we uncomfortable? Are we inconvenienced? I'm inconvenienced when I have to put a mask on just to walk in the store. I was inconvenienced the other day trying to find a place to eat. Wasn't no dining rooms open. Long lines to get through. I was going to go to Chick-fil-A. You know, I... I think God blesses them because most of their decisions are godly decisions. I went to Chick-fil-A over in Bossier the other day. I don't know if you've ever been there. There was a line down the road. Once you got in the parking lot, it went all the way through the parking lot to the businesses, back around the parking lot, up to Chick-fil-A, and then two lines going through. I said, I ain't waiting no hour. That's going to take you even as fast as they get you through. But everywhere we go, we're inconvenienced. Oh, let's put out a mandate. We've got to shut down churches you can't meet. 
were inconvenienced. Yeah, it was nice to stay home and watch church in your pajamas sitting on the couch. But we were inconvenienced with our fellowship. We're inconvenienced and they're spreading fear with riots all across America, all across the world, senseless riots. It's attacking and I believe it's going to get worse and I believe it's a fighting of none other than the devil because God's people are coming together. They're wanting to pray. They're wanting great boldness and he's fighting all the more. I believe we see it because God stepping back and says, you don't want me, I'll show you what it is without me. And we're only seeing not even a glimpse of what hell will be because there is no God there. We do have some God here. But what do we see in Scripture? I do not see anywhere where Peter and John and the others are praying to change their circumstance. I'll be the first one to tell you I've been on my knees asking God, would you change their circumstance? Would you get me out of this? Do you know what this circumstance is doing? It's getting our attention as Christians. Getting them to get into God's Word and to pray. It's giving opportunities for us to be different from the rest of the world. We don't see here either that the group is praying to remove the persecutors, their religious leaders, out of office. I didn't read that in the scripture, did you? I'm guilty. God, can you take Nancy Pelosi out of office? God, can you remove, and there's a whole list of names. Can you just remove these people out of office and give us something else? You know what would happen if that was done is we would continue to be comfortable, we would continue to be relaxed, and we would continue to not need God. God wants us to realize that He is the power. What do we see here? But they're asking God to empower them to make the best use of their current circumstance. Church, when we're on our knees in prayer, we need to be asking God, use me and empower me during this situation because you have a plan and you have a purpose and that's where I want to be. Because let me tell you, if you're not in His plan and purpose, you're outside of it. And heaven forbid if you're outside of it. His protection's not there. And we've got to understand that God has the perfect plan. Something I've been learning more and more as I've been reading and, and studying on prayer and how to pray to God because I have a whole list of things that I want to take to God. God, would you bless this? Lord, would you do this for me? Lord, I see this is in your scripture would you answer it? But then I begin to learn that in my mind and my knowledge is very finite. God's is infinite. I have a right and I do take requests to God. Don't get me wrong. But I believe and in my prayer I ask God that, Lord, this is what I'm asking. But you know the whole plan. And you know exactly how you're wanting to work. And Father, I ask that you would do that above what I'm asking. Many times what I'm asking is lining up with what he's wanting. But do you know if I ask and that's all I expect? Our God wants to give us more above what we can even imagine. 
And I don't want to just do something good. I want to be great for the kingdom of God. He has a plan, and I want to be in that plan. And we need to be praying that it's not God's will or ours. Early church father Augustine said this, Pray as though everything depends on God, and work as though everything depends on you. The problem that many have with this sovereign God idea that I began with is God is all sovereign. God's going to do what he wants to do, so I don't need to do anything. A lot of people believe that. A lot of people believe, well, I can just do it all in my own power, and I've got to do it all. There's a combination. Now, let me be truthful with you. God doesn't need us to accomplish his plan. He is sovereign, and he can do whatever he chooses to do. But he chose to create humans to be his affection to love on, and he chooses to use us to carry out his plan. What we've got to understand, what we need to be praying for, church, is power more than we're praying for protection. The current situations we find us in are nothing more than opportunities to bring glory to God as a believer. To be woke up, we see the gospel in other countries spreading like wildfire, countries of persecution. China, I forget what church is over there in China, how many services they have on a Sunday that are packed with tens and thousands of people coming to know the Lord. I forget, it's like 100,000 that come through a worship service a day at this church. They're under persecution. They know what it means to have to rely on God's power. They know what freedom is. They know what persecution is. I love my freedom in America, and I thank God for it every day, but I believe it's made us too comfortable even in the church pew. There are many today that do not face opposition. Christians, they don't face any opposition. Maybe they're too much like what's around them. I heard this phrase a while back. I forgot exactly who said it. It said, if you're not meeting Satan head on every day, you're probably going along with him. If you are so comfortable and you never have any inconvenience and persecution in your life, you might need to look at where you're at because this world is in opposition to Jesus. And he's called us to proclaim his message. And I believe God is giving us an opportunity in our current situation to do that. May we pray for those in Washington and around the world, all countries. If you only knew, leadership is corrupt around the world. May we pray that they can see signs and wonders of God and that they can be healed. I believe if you can do that from your heart, 
you're experiencing great boldness, great grace, and great power. Because in the flesh, I'll be the first one to tell you, that's not what I want. Remove them, God. That's what I would say. But Jesus says, I died for them too. God, remove them out of this world. They're your enemy. Get rid of them. I was God's enemy. What if someone prayed that for me and I didn't have an opportunity? Will everyone accept Jesus Christ? No, they will not. Jesus Christ died on the cross for everyone. God presents everyone with the opportunity. But if they choose to refuse, then it's on them. But heaven forbid that it's because of me that they didn't have an opportunity. Do we want to see... I want to show a hand, and I already know this, and that's the reason I'm going to ask you to show you. How many of you would love to see America thriving for Jesus Christ again? Amen. How does it happen if we can get everyone in America saved and believing in Jesus Christ? You want it back? Begin to pray for God's grace to fall and people be able to see signs and wonders and miracles performed around the world. But there is a point in time that God does say, enough is enough. But I don't want it to be because I'm begging him to do that. Because I thank God every day for my salvation. I do ask God for protection. But my greatest prayer is, Lord, empower me to go through what you need me to go through. And as we sung a couple of weeks ago, leaning on the everlasting arms. God will give us the power. I don't believe there's any greater prayer besides salvation than praying for God to fill us with power to boldly proclaim the gospel and to walk through our current situation. We see it all through the Bible. Godly people being persecuted. Jesus Christ being persecuted. What's for me to think that I deserve anything different? but I'm claiming just as all of them for the power of Jesus Christ. May you bow your heads.